Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Tuesday. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. A great selection of new-owned and pre-owned inventory. And a great sales staff that is there for you and not just there for the sale. And a service department that's there for you with your current vehicle, with the diagnostics, with the inspections, and all the routine maintenance. It's all part of the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And, of course, all part of that Sunbury Motors guarantee is that great service department and having great technicians. And they need more awesome technicians to help the new work demand of the 107-year-old dealership. They're looking for entry-level and experienced technicians to work in their quick lane. Car light truck service, heavy truck service, body frame and alignment, and towing departments. Whether you are an experienced technician, an entry-level technician looking for your first job, or someone looking for a career change, they would love to hear from you. Stop by in person, apply online at sunburymotors.com, or you can call Todd at 286-7746. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Another loaded show today. Mark Wogenrich, SI.com, will join us for his take on Penn State's win over Central Michigan over the weekend, 33-14. Get ready for Northwestern to resume Big Ten play Saturday, 3.30. Coverage beginning at 2 with the tailgate show here on WKOK. At 4.06, we've got NBC Sports Phillies' Dave Zangaro rejoining us as the Eagles enjoying being the only 3-0 team with the Miami Dolphins in the NFL after the New York Giants lose to the Cowboys last night on Monday Night Football. So Eagles all alone as the best team in the NFC East and the NFC, period, thanks to the Cowboys' win last night. So a lot to get into with him right now at uh, 4.06. And then Neil Kulong, as he does every Tuesday, will join us with the latest on the Steelers. At 4.35, and of course, a lot to talk about with the Steelers as they get ready to host the Jets on Sunday. Eagles have Doug P. coming back to town on Sunday, facing the Jacksonville Jaguars. And one thing to note, though, for Eagle fans around here, we'll know tomorrow, because tomorrow's usually when we get the regional maps of where NFL games are going to be broadcasted. So both the Eagles and the Steelers game is at 1 on Sunday on CBS. And there have been times before recently in this area that the Steeler game would be kept on, but the Eagles game would be dropped. 
leaving Eagles fans out to dry a little bit, which I cry foul on, but I obviously that's out of my out of my hands there. So we'll find out tomorrow, and if that's the case, then Eagle fans are going to have to scramble again in this area to try to find a way to watch or follow the game. Never happy about that. that that's just got to be fixed. But that's a different topic for another day. As far as Penn State football goes, I pretty much echo what Steve said yesterday as far as if you look at the stat sheet, you look at what you actually watched in the game, two totally different stories. But still a lot of positives for Penn State as it was a little finicky early and then they pull away in the second half, take advantage of Central Michigan mistakes. Look, to me, the bottom line of what happened on Saturday with Penn State after they jump out to the 14-0 lead is very simple. They were smelling themselves a little bit, probably. It's human nature and got a little complacent, probably lost some focus a little bit and weren't executing as well as they should have. That's all. There's nothing to panic about. There's nothing to panic about with Sean Clifford or anything else. Let's relax. Penn State's going to be fine, and I think they bounce back in a big way and take care of a Northwestern team that's not very good. I'll just go out and Go to practice first and see how that goes. You know, the odd thing is, is that um, Thursday, the Tuesday practice for Auburn was really good. James was not enamored with the Wednesday practice before um, Auburn. And oddly enough, last week in getting ready for the game, Tuesday he thought was really good, and he thought Wednesday was really good. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, sometimes you just—I mean, sometimes you don't know. I mean, it's like okay, all right. You really don't. Yeah, it happens. I mean, believe me, I've said a thousand times. What's what is the biggest surprise I've had in this job? All right, over nearly, you know, not quite, but nearly a quarter century of doing this job. The biggest surprise to me has always been what people don't know. <laughs> you know, you'd hear people talking like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now when you're there every day, you sit there and go, okay. <laughs> that comment makes no sense. <laughs> okay. You think that to yourself. You don't say it, though. You don't say it, but you do think it. <laughs> I'll hear stuff I think to myself. Um, okay. <laughs> don't react too much. <laughs> I don't really say anything. Don't hurt anybody's feelings. Because there's some interesting wild theories out there about different things. I'm so glad I stay away from Twitter. Stay away from them. Almost all social media. That's a good thing. Really good. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought you'd be all upset about the Blue Jays walking your guy last night. I expected it. It is what it is. He's going to hit it eventually. He just needs a home run and then two to break it. Yeah, but, you know, just so you understand, any manager, that you know, the Blue Jays, if it's the Red Sox, okay, let's just use the last place team. If the Red Sox are doing it, then I'm complaining about it. There is no way I am complaining about a team that is attempting to clinch a playoff spot making a baseball move. Absolutely. I mean, right? That's all it is. It's a baseball move. 
and they got what they wanted out. They got a ground out there in the inning. Right? The Blue Jays are trying to clinch a playoff spot. They haven't done it yet. Now, the last place team that's playing for nothing, now I have a complaint. And the Red Sox, by the way, did not do that. All four games in that series were really close in New York. Yep. They were all close games. Um, and Walker kind of danced around him a little bit, but then pitched to him the third time up and struck him out. Pavetta pitched to him. Hill pitched to him. Bayou pitched to him. They pitched to him. They didn't dance, except for the couple of walks in the first game of the series. They never danced around him. They pitched to him. Right? Toronto pitched to him last night. They didn't dance around him. Right? But then they got to the 10th inning, and it's it's winning time. Yeah? They decided, hey, look, we don't want to deal with him. Who, by the way, is the league's leading hitter. Home runs aside. We got a better shot at the next guy. Which I think it was Rizzo last night, right? And they had a lefty-on-lefty matchup in doing it. They brought in a left-handed reliever, Garcia. And they wanted a lefty-on-lefty matchup. That's a baseball move by a team that is attempting to clinch a playoff spot. So they're in a different circumstance. Thought for sure you'd be whining about that today. No, I get it. I'm just surprised. I'm surprised it hasn't happened more mm-hmm. often for teams that are are still fighting for something. And guess yeah, but, what? It's going to happen in the but, postseason but the too. Yankee, but the Yankees have not been the Yankees have not been playing those teams, Matt. This is like this mirage of how great they played down the stretch. They beat the Pirates and the Red Sox. No, you're right. You're right. No, two I, last place, I get that. Two last place teams. I mean, sorry, you don't. They don't like in the Canyon of Champions. They don't have a parade for that. Um, I want the. I'm glad the Yankees are playing better baseball because I think it helps them going into the postseason. But that doesn't really change my expectations that have but, dropped but considerably right now. Once he gets to 62, I sit him. He's got to sit two games. I think he's played 49 straight games. Yeah, I don't hate that. Matt. No, I mean, I think he's once he breaks it, once he gets to 62, I'd sit him for at least a game, if not two games, just yeah. to like, hey, take because you notice he's DHing. Now, he played right field last night, but he may Toronto is a hard surface up there, and they may, you know, they may D. Let's see if they're going to DH him tonight or not. We'll see if they put the lineup out. They haven't seen it come across yet. Yeah, I mean. And I don't blame them if they DH him. Well, they have the flexibility yeah. now, now that you have Harrison Bader back. So, Canada, by the way, is dropping the VAX mandate and mask requirements for professional athletes and visitors. It'll start on Saturday. So, no more trouble for the NHL, no more trouble for the NBA, no, no trouble for Major League Baseball. No trouble for Matt, who likes to go up um, uh, bass fishing in Ontario. Oh, my almighty! You know, you always toss them back. Too cold for that. Wanted to go bass fishing with the um, suit one time with the idea that I could toss him back. All right. uh, right, uh, F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells foul Mark Wogenrich on the show today from SI.com. Neil Kulong on the show today on the NFL. Then we'll take a look with Dave Zagaro about the Eagles. 
who are playing the best football in the NFC. Although the Cowboy defense, it's interesting. Uh, you know, every once in a while you get these ridiculous things like Alabama will be playing great. They could beat some NFL teams. And you sit there and say, uh, no. Have you ever watched Leatherwood and then the, the Neil kid last night? The two Alabama kids at the, with the Raiders and the Giants? They're getting destroyed out there. Destroyed. Now, it doesn't mean they won't eventually get into being better players, but Neil got just absolutely run over last night by Micah Parsons. He just got run over by him. So I always find, you know, you always get, again, the, the, the ridiculous stuff. Could Alabama beat an NFL team? How about no? <laughs> no. Could Kentucky beat a, an NBA team? How about no? No. But the Cowboy defense is playing great football. Lawrence is playing really well. Parsons is playing well. Banderesh is playing well. Diggs had a pick last night. Then the last intercept, the interception that Diggs got was not Daniel Jones's fault. You're like you're looking around like, who's he throwing to? The receiver fell down. That's why the pick happened. And it's the same play they lost Sterling Shepard for the year. And the Giants could ill afford and Shepard has a torn ACL. And that was a Giants, strange way it happened too. Yeah, I've seen a lot of non contact. ACLs in my life. You know, practice, things like that. We're like, he's like, wow. It, who knows on the wear and tear how it happens. But the, um, but they could ill afford to do that. Like, for example, the Eagles could, Ill, the Eagles could afford to lose. Say, I mean, for goodness sake, goodness forbid, like something happened to Devontae Smith. They still got Brown, you know? Or something happens at Brown, they still got Smith. Giants lose Sterling Shepard. They don't have anybody else. That's a gigantic loss for them. They don't have the depth Philadelphia does. They just don't. On the offense. And I'll say this for Hurts. He keeps playing like this. Boy, it makes life so much easier for Philadelphia when they go to draft. There will be no thought of drafting a quarterback. Zero. They can then concentrate on other positions because of how well he is playing right now. No doubt. Okay, we'll take a break. Who's pitching tonight? I think it's Manoa pitching tonight. Uh, no, it's Jose Berrios tonight. Yeah, and Tyone Against, for the Yanks. And Jamison Tyone. So. And we're... I know Toronto leads the wild card. Let me just check for a second. They haven't clinched it yet. Because what do they have? Uh, They have, what, eight games to play? They're up three games with eight to play. They've won three in a row. They're three games up. Actually, no, they're only a half game up on uh, Tampa for the number one spot. They're three up on Seattle for the number you know, Seattle's third, and Seattle's three and a half up on the Orioles. Braves, Padres, Phillies. Phillies are a game and a half up on Milwaukee in the wild card. The question, and by the way, TBS has tonight's game. If you want to watch the Aaron Judge at-bats. 
There are a lot of people very mad at ESPN about what they did Saturday. I guess they kept breaking into the Clemson-Wake Forest double overtime game to do a split screen of Clemson and Judge. And I guess, like, they got a lot of hate mail, like emails. I mean, people furious, like, what are you doing? Like, show the game. We don't want to, you know, if I wanted to watch the baseball game, I'd watch the baseball game. That's interesting. I know you don't quite get that because, like, you're so enamored with Judge, but, like, the whole country is not enamored with it. you got a double overtime college football game. I don't need to watch his at-bat. I can catch highlights later if he hits it. I mean, right now, it's he's seventh all-time in single-season home runs. Right? Yeah, I, I, I get it. For if, if it's me watching, I'm I'm okay with it. Be, if, even if it's he's not on the Yankees. Like, if if if, Poo, if they were in that spot with pool holes, so if he was still waiting for 700 and they cut into a college football game I'm watching, I'd be, all, I'd be okay with that because I'd want to see that too. But I get it. If you're not interested in I, that, I, you just want to watch football. I guess people were furious with ESPN. And there have been some really negative columns written about like, what, what are they doing? That's not how media is consumed these days. I mean, it's really... I, I mean, I didn't know they did it. I didn't know they did it. So yeah, me I didn't neither until know, you just brought it up. I didn't know until I read it this morning. I was like, oh, really? And they're showing a split screen and the play-by-play of the Yankees, and they went away from, from the play-by-play of the... of the... Uh, Clemson Wake Forest game on audio. I guess I guess they got hammered by people for doing like we don't want to. I'm watching a bad football game. I don't need to watch the guy trying to. That's not the major league record. He's he's 13 behind with seven games to play. He's not going to get there. He was going for 74, maybe, but he's not. And it's an awesome season what he's done, but I wonder sometimes if there's so much made about the fact that it's the Yankees record to go with the American League. I don't know, and it's different because when Maris did it, it was only American League teams. When Root did it, it was only American League teams. Judge has done it against both leagues. It's a different time, different way of doing things. But I don't know. And believe me, we've said enough positive things about Aaron Judge. It's just. It is kind of dragging out a little bit because it's hard to hit home runs. I mean, watch Home Run Derby. When they do the home run contest in the All-Star game, I mean, it's hard. <laughs> Was it? The, you see the, uh, you probably never saw this, the Seinfeld where Paul O'Neill's in. I've seen and, bits and pieces of it from, and, like, commercials and stuff, and, yeah. And the, and the the kid asked him to hit two home runs. He goes, okay, you know how hard it is to hit one? But he, he says, go on, sakes. You know how hard it is to hit one? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was that Saturday Night Live skit where Babe Ruth comes in and Garrett Morris is playing the child. And he says, Babe, can you hit a home run for me? Could you do that? Right? He says, I'll try, kid. He goes out there. There's a drive, deep right field, hooking foul. 
Here's a drive, deep left field slicing, left field slicing foul. Right? <laughs> little Garrett Moore's like, oh. Babe didn't hit a home run that day, but little Henry Aaron grew up. <laughs> All right. Mark Rogan, Rich, Neil Kulong, Dave Zagaro. Tomorrow, Dave Ennett from the Northwestern Network. High School Roundtable on Thursday. And the suit attempts to call a Shikolami touchdown on Friday. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. And that YouTube broadcast is outstanding. Kevin, the Chief. To go with the three-camera look. Same thing with Seals, with uh, Seals Grove. It really is terrific. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Elmo's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory, all with great warranties, great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Fabulous service department that's looking for more technicians. They already have a great staff. They just need more. They're getting more business. So experience, entry level, looking for a career change. They want to hear from you. Stop by in person. Apply online at sunburymotors.com or give Todd a call at 286-7746. Second look at Penn State football now. You go to fannation at si.com and Mark Wogenrich. Mark, always great to have you with us. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it, Steve. Thanks so much for having me again. Uh, I brought this up with other reporters, but if I just gave you the stat sheet from Saturday, like, whoa, hey, all right, I did pretty well. It, it, it was almost like the stat sheet didn't at times match up with the visuals. What did you think? Oh, you mean because they won every stat, you yeah. know, demand and, yeah. and didn't cover, essentially, which is now, I guess, what we really care about. Right, exactly, um, yeah. <laughs> That makes yeah. That that makes some sense because visually it had a not that it it was off or anything. There was just moments. I would say maybe ten or twelve minutes that yeah. that second quarter. Right. That they kind of it kind of went awry. The way I kind of looked at it too, though, is each of the first three games all had some real measurable impact for the team. I mean, game one obviously you Purdue night game, Big Ten opener. Game two is your home opener. So a lot of guys still had played at Beaver Stadium. That was the first time. Game three you're playing the SEC road team. Is it natural then, maybe not to expect, at least understand, though, that game four, you know, is, okay, now you've played at home, you're playing another home game against the MAG team, that maybe the the eye can wander a little bit and you get unfocused or, or you disengage or you pull out the gas or something like that. It's not certainly something a coach or coaching staff is going to want to hear and it's something they're definitely going to want to rectify, but... I guess in some ways it might have been understandable. Well, I, I think across the country, Game 4 was like that. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. What, mean, Georgia, that, Kent State, right? In Georgia, yeah. Kent State, yeah. Oregon State, USC, Texas Tech, right. Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma. I mean, it just kind of played out that way the entire weekend in Week 4. Yeah. I mean, that's what I thought. 
and it still ultimately was a three touchdown win. Yeah. I mean, I, that's a thing when you can when you can dive into something I and mean, you can be critical about situations in a three touchdown win. You are all for it, I guess, as a coach and should be as a fan. But yeah. I think anyway. <laughs> Well, it depends on how much money you put down on the game, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> you can't discount that these days. Uh, the other one, too, is Middle Tennessee beating Miami. Uh, but uh, you asked about uh, Drew Aller today uh, and the placement of you know when to use him in the process. Uh, what did you think of the answer? James, one thing is brought up. I don't think he, he definitely does not want to get into a – any sort of Michigan 2021 conversation in how Michigan used McNamara and McCarthy last year. That's I don't right. think he wants to draw that in any way, shape, or form. He wants no parallels to that. He also might not want to give away any sort of strategic insight. But when you ask, I think occasionally now when we ask about Drew, he brings it back to a broader um, conversation about com- competition at every position, sure. because especially the, the positions where they are very competitive, um, guard, middle linebacker, other you know, kickoffs, things like that. Yeah. I found it, uh, you know, and then and there was a follow up question about about Drew as well, and I just you know find it interesting that you know the the, the arc of Drew's time at Penn State and it seems like they're very very high on him and also feel that they're also in this kind of luxury spot almost and that they can play him behind a fourth year starter so it's they don't it it seems like because James mentioned it in 2022 you have to you know you have to play guys and think about that and the unspoken I, I think the silent E at the end of that word was obviously the transfer portal in NIL and that primarily transfer portal he said it without saying it but then it also like I said it seems like they're in a pretty good position that if your true freshman becomes your number two quarterback in training camp then it stands the reason that if he continues to rise and lift his floor because everybody loves ceilings and floors and with a freshman you when you can make compare like a freshman to a senior floor is probably more important than ceiling when you're playing in a season but over the course of a lifetime the ceiling maybe is but if he could continue raising that there's really no doubt that he's going to be in obvious contention to you know to start next year or at least be the leading candidate for that so are you are you is he in a position where they think that they're worried about the portal or anything else uh, like that with drew i don't think they are so they i think they seem maybe a little more confident in the position they are, at least roster-wise, with where they're at a quarterback. Because again, like at Penn or like at Michigan, they're not going to have this same uh, situation next year. It's going to be completely different. And I've maintained at Michigan many, many times in the past year that the reason McCarthy plays, they didn't want him to transfer. I mean, I've maintained. Yeah. I mean, not, I'm not saying anybody there told me that. That's just me making an assumption. Yeah. And that's a very different situation than Penn State. Yes. Like I say, I think they have much less reason to believe that that would be a possibility. Then there's uh, the two running backs. Nicholas Singleton put together a 179 followed by a 124. And then on a day where, okay, they, they may have him figured out on this particular day or they play it really well, they got Katron Allen. What does that tell you about the depth and the balance they have in the backfield? 
that it's really imposing to be a, to uh, have to scale your defense against a guy who can get hot. You know, two. In some ways, they have some similarities, uh, but they're still different kinds of backs stylistically, run wise. That you really have to scale your defense to both of these players because you never know really when one is going to uh, take over a game or be called in to take over a game or at least to take over a series or something like that. They are really, I think they're proving to be a really uniquely formidable duo. One thing I think that James Franklin said maybe a week or two ago that I found really interesting was that uh, Katron Allen played at IMG and he was kind of a rarity of being a multi-year player and IMG that I don't think that that's I mean I, I a lot of the big guys I think go there and they're you know that's kind of the nature of IMG in football you get a one maybe two years you're not spending four years for the most part playing at IMG that's kind of a transfer spot to go and finish your career and he was not going to be and he knew it he really you know in a place like that it's hard to be the best player on the football field so he learned to share carries and he learned that he wasn't that guy whereas you know Nicholas Singleton just was you know, like Governor Mifflin, he just was the best player on the football field. So that, that informs the way you work. It informs the way you train. It informs Charlie. It gives you perspective on coming into a season. Thing I know I can – I understand that I can share carries with Singleton. I, I We can do it. I know I'm going to get my opportunity because when I get out there, I'm going to show – the uh, what I can do. I you know, he has the vision thing has come up like like so many times. But I think one the stat that really strikes me is uh, it was thirty six carries, no yards lost. And right. that is a dependable back. And you know, you know, neither one of them, of course, you know, was fumbled yet too. But thirty six and zero, that's dependability, and that is going to keep you on the field. Here's another stat, and it's, I think it's pretty close. I mean, if it, you know, but at least in the neighborhood, Penn State's a plus 584 yards on field position. That's 146 yards a game. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at the job, and now some of that's takeaways. I mean, that happens. That's what happens when you're a plus eight giveaway takeaway. But obviously, another part of that's the punting part of it. Uh, your thoughts on on that and what that has meant to Penn State's early success? He is Barney Amor. Barney Amor is my favorite story on the team right now. Talked to him after the game a little bit, and then today he had a conference call. And I think what was it? What was it mentioned today? That is it like ten punts or something inside the ten? Yeah, he has half or, of them. Half yeah. of yeah, half of his punts. Inside the ten, and I, you know, I there's a that could be one more because which game um, they kind of run together. But he had a punt that should have been down at the one. It kind of got Purdue. bounced in the end. Yeah, bounced in the end zone for a touchback. It's Purdue. He, yeah, he is. Um, he's a field flip weapon. So when you're at, which is one of the surprising things um, at Auburn when they went for it right away. Mm-hmm. You know, on fourth and a longish one at midfield, when you're playing in that situation, I thought they have, I think they have, a, you know, a, a field flipping weapon that they didn't use at that point. I guess I'm, I kind of got it, but in the moment, I thought this seems to be a good place to do that, to take that and let your defense turn over. Barney has been, to me, 
you know, looking from the outside, again, not seeing practice full-time and seeing how he's done, especially not seeing it last year and the way he's punted. The story of this team, one of the, well, not, not, but one of the main stories of this team, because you lost somebody in Jordan Stout that you're replacing with basically four players this year yes. with like two kickers, a place kicker and a punter. So that has to be just confounding in the way you're going to work that. And Jordan was the two things he, you know, which is great at punting and then putting kickoffs in the end zone. And you've seen that with kickoffs, they've been a little bit erratic, but Barney's picked right up on that, especially for a player who, when he punted against Purdue, the first time he punted in almost three years, Last time he had punted was 2019, and that was when he was punting for Colgate against Lafayette. There is in no way that you're, you know, almost three years worth of punts that the difference between punting from you know with Colgate against Lafayette to go to punting in you know, a Big Ten night game. I that can that it just for him to be able to make that jump, not even really a jump because for him it was just kind of a methodic climb to where he was you know to not having a 20 season to still training to transferring to sitting behind Jordan Stafford for the whole thing I, you know I guess you jumps totally the wrong word there and that he made that methodical step by step by step move to turn himself into really one of the better punters in the Big Ten and potentially in the country always a pleasure Mark thanks so much for your time your insight to great work uh, and from fan nation at si.com yeah appreciate it so much Steve thanks for having me thank you Talk to you soon. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors Benz specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. Mm. out of auto repair. We have a very similar discussion about how we're going to rotate, you know, Hunter Norzad in and how we're going to rotate Efner in. Um, the running backs, you know, I can go on and on kind of at every position on both sides of the ball. But yeah, I think the, the more experience that we can get for guys. His situation is probably a little bit different because he just hasn't played college football as much. Uh, but the more experience that we can gain and and allow those guys to, to get, the better we are. We have not talked about our strategy about that you know, this week yet. Again, another unsatisfying answer for you. Well... You wanted him to just name him the starter, move on. That's all you want. That's no. you know, I know. I, I know how your mind operates. No, first of all, I, I I am tired of the Sean Clifford needs to go talk. First of all, that's just that's just asinine in my opinion. To be perfectly honest with you, Rather but bold on your part. Yeah, but but second of all, <laughs> only because does Lisa know you use this kind of language on the air? <laughs> I mean, I I say that out of out of frustration of going down the rabbit hole and listening to the post game show on the way back from 
from my uh, oh, from my don't. trip. I know. Do you look? Do you realize? With all due respect, right? I'm glad the fans are passionate. The last thing you want is an apathetic fan base. But I don't. I also don't have to listen to it either. I know. I, I mean, I, it's I don't. My I don't. Fault, I don't. But... I don't have to listen to it. I don't have to read it. I mean, and you really you know, shouldn't. I, well, I don't because I mean, it's. I will never I mean, do that again. If I have any questions about football, I can look to the guy to my right. Exactly. I he might know just a tad more than the guy in row twenty-eight. But. Having said that, I do think this is just what I'm the also, quarterbacks. I'm also I'm also there every day. Yes, of Drew course. was Drew was a marvelous, marvelous prospect. I love how he handles himself. I love how he throws the ball. For the most part, I like the accuracy with which he throws it. There's an ease where it just looks like he's not throwing hard, and the ball flies out of there. There's a lot of great things to be excited about with him. Yes. But I think just how James Franklin's been handling the quarterback situation, I go back to the Ohio game when we all thought it was too early to put Drew Rowler in, but then what does he do? He leads the team right down the field to Mm -hmm. put the game away. To me, that's second-level coaching right there because if you're James Franklin, sure, you're focused on what you need to do to be the best you can be for this season, but that's a little thought to next season to say to Drew Rowler, hey, I believe in you to go and put the game away when the game's not really away yet. You know, I thought that was second-level coaching right there. I really do. Well, it's also uh, development for this season if Sean gets hurt. Exactly right. I mean, you're talking, you know, I mean, that's something you do have to be aware of because it's not as if Sean has been able to get through seasons completely unscathed. So, you know, you have to coach it that way, and he's done that. And Drew was a marvelous, marvelous prospect. Uh, and, you know, the the future of that position is exciting with Drew, and I think uh, it should also be taken note. Who is the offensive scout team player of the week? Oh, it was uh, Bo, Bo Pabula, right. Yeah. Believe me, I won't t- stop talking about Bo. Will not. I, I mean, this is right now, this is Drew's time. At some pi- point, it's going to be Bo's time. And guess what? They're going to be in good hands with Bo. Just me. Yeah. It's a good situation it's to just have. Me. You know, I mean, I, I look at Michigan last year with McCarthy and McNamara, and they kept playing McCarthy in certain spots. And, you know, and to be honest with you, McCarthy played okay last year. But you can look at the Michigan State game and say some of the plays he made against Michigan State lost them that game. And, you know, and people were asking, why is McCarthy playing? And I said, point blank, I said, from 30,000 feet, I think they're trying to make sure he doesn't transfer. That I mean, that's the world we live in right now. I mean, the transfer portal is alive, well, and active, and 49% of the starting quarterbacks in FBS are transfers. Now, I've done my darndest to get the suit to transfer, and he won't leave. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that one. I think he's he's loyal. He's here to stay. At least that oh, I know. Don't of. depress. Don't depress the passengers. <laughs> Come on, you got to land the plane. All right. 